0: Good morning. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my name is John, and I am the youth director here at Crossway Community Church. I get the privilege of handling God's word every graduation service. So it's been one year since I've been up here. (laughs) And, uh, And what I wanted to do to start off is I wanted to kind of give you guys a recap, a brief summary, if you will, of what God has been doing in my life so that I can kind of fill you in with what he's been doing because I don't get to talk to a lot of you. And uh, I wish that you could do the same for me, but we can't. It's only for me. So this is what I'm going to share. The first thing that God has been doing over the past year is last July, I graduated from Talbot School of Theology. (laughs) With perhaps the most awesome master's degree ever. I am a holder now of a master of divinity. Uh, So you can call me a master of the divine, if you will. (laughs) And if any of you guys are into business cards, if you wanna make me one, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I don't have the guts to make my own, so. Um, Also in July, I got the privilege of going to Japan with Crossway, and that was just, it was just, you know, life-changing, I guess, just to put it simply for me, because God really opened my eyes to just really see his heart for the lost, that there are people in this world that have just yet to hear the name of Jesus Christ, that God's heart breaks for them, and he wants, to get to know them so badly and so deeply. So that was huge for me. And finally, probably the best thing ever is in January, I got engaged to the most wonderful person in my life. Yeah, pretty awesome. Please pray for us. Uh, (laughs) Pray for her. (laughs) I'm a mess, so she's gonna need it. Um, And so what I wanted to do is I bet, I can almost guarantee that every one of us in this room, while I was going this past year, sharing with you little tidbits of what God has been doing in my life, that I bet that for you, too, you can look over your past year, maybe two years, a couple years, and you can think of specific instances, specific events and highlights, memories that really defined your past year. And you can look upon those moments, and I can almost guarantee, again, I can push it even further, if you will, that as you thought about those moments, you thought about, man, It's already been a year? It's already been a year since I've been up here? Time flies. It's graduation Sunday, and so some of us, we're all celebrating here the promotion or the graduating of some of our students, and maybe you find yourself thinking, man, it seems like it was just yesterday since I was babysitting Colin. I just watched him grow up right in front of my eyes. It seems like it was yesterday since I was trying to teach Aaron ride a bike seems like it was just yesterday when all she wanted to do was just sit on my lap and just hang out with only me, but it just seemed like it was yesterday, but time flies. It's gone. All those things just flew out the window. It's a reality that we all have to come to grips with if we haven't already, that time flies. And when we're confronted with this truth, the reality is that we need to evaluate what it is that we're doing with our time. The time that we have left, what is it that we have to do to make them count, to make them worthwhile, to make them purposeful? Today, over the past couple of weeks, we've been going through the Psalms, and today we find ourselves at Psalm 90, and I think it's the perfect Psalm for us to really evaluate and to think about, as God's people, what is it that we need to do, what is it that we need to understand so that we can make our days count? so that we can make them filled with purpose, so that we can make them worthwhile. You know, we normally associate the Psalms with one person. His name is King David. But today's Psalm is unique in the sense that it's not written by David. It's written by Moses. It's another popular hero in the Old Testament. Before I actually really begin and jump into the sermon, I want us to understand that Moses is the perfect person for us to hear from because he's in the perfect situation, he's in the perfect position and life circumstance for us to understand what it means to make our days count. Because as you, you probably all know, you guys all went to Sunday school. Moses is the hero that God used to bring his people out of Egypt. He was the one that God used. But most of us, maybe we forget or we don't know, what we don't remember is that Moses and the Israelites, after they crossed, out of the Red Sea, out of Egypt, what they spent their next 40 years doing was just wandering aimlessly in the desert. They just wandered around, not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing what God was going to do next. Why? Because of their disobedience. They were disobedient to God. And so Moses finds himself in this situation where he is watching literally his brother, his sister, his families, his friends, they're all dying. They're all dying off. Why? So that the next generation will be able to go into the promised land. And it's in this situation that Moses writes to us in his last days about making our days count. How are we gonna make them filled with purpose? How are we gonna make them worthwhile? But before he really answers that question for us, I think what Moses does, he's going to teach us one important truth that we need to know as God's people when it comes to making our days count. And this is the truth, this is the backdrop that he's going to kind of explain everything against, and it's this. This is the one truth that we need to understand. It's context is everything. Context is everything. What Moses is going to tell us is our lives, our times, our memories, all the things that we see in our lives In our lives, all fall within the context of what Moses will say is everlasting to everlasting, age to age, generation to generation, God. That's what Moses is going to show us. If you guys can take a look at verse 1 and 2. Moses writes, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So Moses starts his thoughts by reminding the reader, hey, if you really want to make your days count, if you really want them to make them worthwhile, then this needs to be the way that you start framing and understanding your time. That God was at the beginning of time, and he will be at the end of time. He is the bookends of time. For us, the bookends of time starts with our life and our death. But Moses reminds us, reader, no, that's not it. The bookends of our time is going to be God, because he was there when the world began. He was there yesterday. He's here today. He'll be here tomorrow. He'll be here when the world ends. That's the way that we need to frame our understanding of time. He'll be there. He was there when we're alone. He was there when you were looking at your family life deteriorating. He was there when you were just unsure of how finances were going to work out. He was also there when you were laughing so hard that your ribs started to hurt. He was there when your lives were filled with the utmost joy. He has, the only, he has been the only consistent thing in our lives. He's the only sure thing in our lives. And so Moses tells us, if you want to really make your days count, what you need to understand is God is the one that you need to focus your life upon, your time on. He needs to be the one that your life is anchored in. He needs to be the one that your life is rooted in. Why? Because he's been there throughout all of time. He's the only one. He's the only certainty in a world that is filled with uncertainty. He's the only sure thing in a world that you just can't really guarantee anything. And I'm sure that's what Moses wants us to see because he is going to go on and he's going to contrast the certainty of God and the sureness of God against the frailty and uncertainty of the world, chiefly mankind. Take a look at verses 3 through 9. It's a lot of verses, but bear with me. He says, you return man to dust and say, return, O children of man, For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end. By your anger, by your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. What is Moses doing? What he's doing, he's comparing and contrasting. He's saying, hey, God is the only thing that's sure. He's the one thing that's certain. He's the only thing that will pass the test of time. And you and I, us, we're nothing. That's what he's saying. He says, to Moses, says, to God, we're like a dream. We're like a watch in the night. A watch in the night is referring to a three to four hour period in the night. Out of a day, that's all we are. We are like a sigh. Our lives end like a sigh to God. That's what he says. We are like grass that rises up in the morning and by nighttime it dies. Unless you live in California, then your grass is just dead all the time. <laughs> and if it's green, then you're in trouble because you're doing something wrong. <laughs> in all serious in all joking aside, really, all Moses is really trying to do, he uses his fancy imagery Uses these fancy metaphors, but all he wants to illustrate is a very simple and sobering truth. It's this that you and I, we are nothing. Our lives are nothing. Our lives are small. Our lives are common. In the light of eternity to eternity, age to age, generation to generation, our life is that's it. It's over. It's done. That's something that we probably won't find on a Hallmark card anywhere. Why? Because it's a message we don't want to hear. That's a message that is very hard for us to hear, that our lives are nothing. Why? It's hard because for us, you and I, the context of our lives, as the Bible tells us, it's God, it should be God. We know that's not true for us, for a lot of us, most of the time. For us, the context of our lives is our dreams, our passions, our pursuits, our plans, our goals. That's what's driving our lives. That's the purpose of our lives. Our children, our families, our future. That's what's at the forefront of our minds and our hearts. But Moses reminds us that's not the point. Don't you see that's not the point of your life? The main point of your life is me. The focus of our lives needs to be on God. And so Moses warns us against this kind of life, against a life where we're so self-entered, we can't see beyond our present circumstances. We can't see what God is doing in our time. And he tells us, look, for the people of God, that's not how we're going to live our life. That's not how life looks like for us. Maybe to the people outside, yeah, sure, that's the way they live their life. But for the people of God, that's not befitting of us. That's not how our lives will look. And he warns us against that kind of life because when we do make our lives about us and not about God, what we will find is that we are living lives of sin before God. And our life will be characterized with the sin in which we make ourselves bigger than we actually are. We'll make ourselves more grander than we actually are. We'll make ourselves more important than we actually are. And the effect of that sin is we make God smaller than he is. We rob from him the glory that He's due, the reverence that he is due, that he is everlasting to everlasting, the eternal God. We rob that from him when we make our lives about ourselves. I think Moses learned over and over again that when God is not the focus of your life, When he is not everlasting to everlasting. When you are the main character in your own life and God is not, I think what Moses is trying to tell us is that he learned that our lives get really hard. They get hard. If you can take a look at verse 10, Moses writes, the years of our lives are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Moses says, hey, you might live up to be 70 years old. If you try really hard, you can live up to be even 80. But those years will be hard. Those years will be filled with trouble and toil. It's hard when you don't live your life with the proper context of understanding that God needs to be at the center of your life. And Moses and the Israelites learned that lesson over and over and over again. Because the Israelites, imagine if you will, they, they crossed the Red Sea. They saw the walls of the sea spread apart. They are walking on the sand in which the Red Sea should be. And they get to the other side. And what do they start doing right away? They start complaining. We should have, why did you bring us here? I'd rather die as a slave in Egypt than to be here. They had the audacity to say that. Not only that, they start complaining about food, and so what does God do in his grace? He rains manna from heaven, honey bread. So basically what you have is the Israelites are seeing Krispy Kreme fall from the sky. And so they see that, and they fill themselves up, but they are still complaining because they refuse to see that their lives are bigger than themselves. They refused to see that and to understand that their life was beyond their present situation, their present trouble. They had made themselves and their struggles the main character. And they forgot that life was about someone greater. That someone greater could actually be working even though they they couldn't see. They had forgotten the context in which they were living in. Everlasting to everlasting, age to age, generation to generation. They missed the point and so life was so hard for them. They wandered aimlessly in the desert, like I said, for 40 years, a trip that should have taken weeks, took them 40 years because they have forgotten about the context of their time and their lives, that they needed to be anchored and rooted in God. And instead, they made it about themselves. And so life was hard. And I think Moses wants to tell us here, look, you're not the point. We are not the point. It needs to be about God. So Moses reminds us and he writes, context is everything. The bookends of our lives are not our birth and our death, but it's eternal to eternal with God being the main character in the middle. Our lives are just of of, (laughs) life. That's it. That's our lives. But when we live our lives as if we are the main point, then we steal from God the reverence that he's due. We make ourselves bigger and life gets hard. And yet the question still remains for us then. How do we make our lives lives count? How are we gonna make our lives count? How are we gonna make them filled with purpose and worthwhile so that when we look back, we can think, yeah, we made that time really worth it. We made it count. Moses will frame this question in the petition in the form of a plea. If you can take a look at the first half of verse 12, Moses writes, so teach us, he begs, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. How do we make our days count? Teach us, Lord, because we don't know. Can you teach us because we don't understand? We understand now that our lives need to be in the context of everlasting to everlasting. But how does that look like in our daily lives? How does it look like when we wake up? How does it look like when we go to bed? What are some practical things that you can show us, that you can teach us, Lord? And so Moses will write. The first thing that Moses is going to tell us that in order to make our days count, what we need to understand is we need to find our satisfaction in God. Take a look at verse 13 and 14. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Moses kind of reminds us us of something that we already know. We already know this with our heads. Our contentment, our satisfaction, true happiness, that will only come in God. True satisfaction and true happiness will only come when you find it in God and in God alone. It's very easy to say, but it's very hard to believe. Some of us, we find ourselves instead in the situation of, if only I could have that kind of life. If only I could make that kind of money. If only I could be in that kind of position. If only I can have that. If I can only have that kind of family. If I can only meet that kind of person, then our life would be okay. But you find yourself running after something that you'll never find. Because it's not supposed to be found in that. So you're still on the treadmill. Running hard. Running after the thing that you'll never find. And you look down and you're still in the same place. You haven't moved an inch. So maybe you're still running, you're still running in the same direction, but not moving, and so Moses reminds us, hey, if you want to make your days count, remember this, true satisfaction, true happiness, the greatest joy will only come in the love of Jesus Christ. That's where you'll find it. All of us have tried, because all of us know, and I bet all of us have failed to some extent. But what I want us to encourage with us today is, look, if you really want to make your days count, then we need to understand this. And So we need to get up when you fail. Get up. Try again. If you find yourself putting your hope and your heart in other things, stop it. Get up and try again. Put it again in Christ. And if you fail, then try again. Because we need to understand that. The second thing that Moses will tell us in order to make our days count, what we need to understand is we need to remind ourselves to be open to see what God is doing in our lives. We need to pray for God to open our eyes so we can see what he is doing in our life. Take a look at verse 16. He says, let your work be shown to your servant and your glorious power to your children, to their children. Moses reminds us to pray, God, help us to see how faithful you are in your work in our life. As we reflect back on the highlights, for me, it was my graduation, Japan, Tina. Help us to realize in all those things you were there working In all the instances of joys when we were just having the time of our life, help us to realize that it was a blessing from you, that you were there and you allowed us to be there. God, remind us that when we were going through our doubt, when our family was ripping apart, when financially just didn't look good, help us to remind us that you were there and you were working and so we're here now because of you, because you were faithful to us. And so maybe you're in that place where Moses says, look, the only certain thing in this world is God. And you're like, amen, because everything in my life is uncertain. And so my prayer would be, Moses says, if you want to make your days count, then remember, pray. God has been faithful to you in the past. He will be faithful to you today. He will be faithful to you tomorrow. We just need to pray that our eyes will be open to see it. God, remind us of what it is that you're doing it in our lives. And he says something very subtle that I want to really impress upon to us, especially because our children in here is here. He says, and let it not just rest with us, but help us to remember it so that we can tell our children, so we can tell the future generation of how faithful you have been to us. It doesn't just stay with us. we're, We're called to proclaim it. We're called to let other people know. We're called to let our children know so that they'll understand that you are faithful. The last thing that Moses will tell us to make our days worthwhile and full of purpose, to make our days count, Moses will remind us, look, let's remind ourselves that without the grace of God, we cannot do anything. and Without the grace of God, we can't do anything. Take a look at verse 17. He says, let the favor of the Lord, our God, be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. It's such a simple truth. Without God, we're nothing. Without the grace of God, we can't do anything. I know that without the grace of God, I can't be up here speaking to you guys about this. And it's a point, I think, that perfectly summarizes what Moses has been trying to tell us all along. He says, God, we know that our lives, they don't amount to much. We know that our lives are filled with uncertainty. We know that our lives aren't about us, that we're not the main point. And God, we know that we tend to forget that and we make ourselves the main point and we forget about you, the everlasting one, the eternal one, but God, would you be gracious to us? God, would you remind us? And so, Crossway, I pray that this will be the prayer of our hearts. God, would your favor rest upon us? God, would you be kind and gracious to us? God, would you give us grace to remember to count our days so that we can make them count? God, give us grace to remember that our hope is in you and in you alone. God, give us grace to remember that the point of life is not you, or it's not me, sorry. Whoa. it's you. God, give us grace to remember that. God, give us grace to remember that when we put our lives and our hearts into other things, give us grace to remember that it should be in you. That true satisfaction and true happiness is in you. God, give us grace to remember how faithful you have been to us. That you're faithful now. That you'll be faithful tomorrow. God, give us grace to make our days count for you. I pray that this will be the prayer of our hearts, of our church. Let's pray. God, we just want to thank you. God, Moses writes in this Psalm that you are a dwelling place, that you are a home. God, so we pray, Lord, for the hearts in this room. That we want our hearts to be with you. So God, help us to focus our eyes on you, on heaven, where you are. God, help us. God, to make our days count for you. God, I pray, Lord, that this week you will just remind us of our need for you, that our hearts will pray, God, let your favor be upon us. Because without you, we are nothing. We love you. Help us to love you more. Pray all of this in your son's name. Amen.